What's up, pretty thinkers? It's Yasmin, and welcome back to Pretty Thoughts. So, I wasn't planning on my first episode of 2021 to be so heavy. (laughs) I was hoping to ease into the new year, but when do things ever really go as planned? Anyway, we all saw what happened Wednesday. Trump supporters and the Proud Boys stormed our Capitol building, armed and unpeaceful. What we witnessed yesterday was an act of domestic terrorism, and yet it isn't being described as such. And we know why. I'm not here to say, imagine if they were black. Because again, we already know what would happen. I mean, we've already seen what would happen. The whole world watched over the summer as peaceful protests were met with violence and hostility from our government and law enforcement. And saw how we were immediately labeled thugs and threats when violence did break out. Because Walmarts and Targets are more important than black lives. But I digress. Today I am here to talk to the white people who had so much to say about the rebellions over the summer, who said it wasn't the way to go, that we weren't protesting properly. I'm here to speak to the Trump supporters who swore up and down that they would never act out in such a way if Trump were to lose the election because they had dignity and pride. They respected our nation. Where are you all now? What do you have to say for yourselves? How are you justifying white people's real acts of domestic terrorism? Because what we saw yesterday is nothing at all compared to what happened over the summer. We were protesting for our right to live and to function, to be recognized as human. We were and still are fighting for equity because no matter how much you all claim that these things exist on our end, it's looking real scarce. You all are upset and be... You all are upset and are being violent over Trump's failed re-election. Over the summer, you were all being violent because you didn't want to wear a mask. And as always, you've gotten away with it. But to the white people that had so much to say about Black Lives Matter protests and rebellions over the summer, guess what? We learned violence from you. We learned violence from you in the same way we learned everything else. Racism, self-hatred, the power of resistance. We watched as you threw hundreds of chests of tea into the sea and we took note as you brutalized enslaved black bodies. Today, 
We watch as you scream on the steps of your Capitol buildings for your right to breathe. And we take note as you brutalize black bodies with police violence, health disparities, and poverty. And yesterday was no exception. You overtook the Capitol because you don't want to accept election results. It's as if you feel your rights are being taken away when in reality they are not. But let's talk about it. Violence is inescapable in the realm of resistance because any action taken to resist will always be perceived as an act of violence to the oppressor. Even if that act isn't inherently violent. Black people are constantly being told what a proper resistance looks like. Yet what we are told never matches your actions. So is this a do as I say, not as I do type of thing or what? What is an appropriate form of resistance then? Because it seems that the only form of resistance you all deem acceptable from us is the one where we do nothing. But doing nothing is off the table. Think about it in the context of slavery. You couldn't just walk up and ask for your freedom. You would be punished. Running away was risky. The cons usually outweighed the pros and if caught, your punishment would serve as a lesson for the other enslaved people around you. So you either stayed quiet or fought back. In other words, the violence of slavery was unavoidable in many cases, if not all. In the same way Frederick Douglass, Nat Turner, Phyllis Wheatley, and other black abolitionists acknowledged the inability to avoid the violence of slavery, modern day black Americans acknowledge the inability to avoid the violence of living in what white people like to call a post-racial society. Violence is inherited, passed down from our parents through words of warning and hopes to prepare us for the world. We have to be conscious of how we dress to avoid looking too suspicious or like a threat. We have to watch our tone to avoid sounding too aggressive. The irony of it all is that no matter how good we are or how hard we work, Violence will always find its way to us. We recognize this at a young age because we are exposed to it at a young age and it lingers. It lingers in the cold stares, microaggressions, and overt racism. In our education system, judicial system, our constitution. Black Americans are taught to respectfully fear whiteness while embracing the misconceptions that are attached to blackness, and that is accepted as logical. Violence is learned. We learned violence from you when you decided that justice was best served at the hands of the people, when you would drag us from our homes in the middle of the night or cut our children from our wombs. We learned violence from you when you would hang us from trees and then smoke cigars while dancing around strange fruit. 
We learned violence from you as we watched towns get slaughtered for false rape allegations. While we watched as loved ones were taken away to never be seen again. While we were whipped simply because it pleased you. Today, this lesson of violence meets us in school, at the park, while out on a run, while lying in bed watching TV with our partner, while on our couches eating ice cream, while we protest peacefully. If peace is constantly met with violence and hostility, then what other options are left? It's easy to argue against violent resistance when you aren't staring down the barrel of a gun labeled democracy or when every day isn't a fight for survival. It is beyond hypocritical to judge those who chose to take part in the rebellions over the summer because to be critical of them is to not only be critical of the thing you all constantly resort to, but to be critical of the very foundation that America sits on, one of violence and resistance. Yet, you don't respect our drive because it doesn't benefit you. Your resistance will always be viewed as a resistance to tyranny while you label ours as insubordinate, defiant, and dangerous. It is something you cannot fathom because you continue to benefit from the systems we are trying to dismantle. Through you, we have learned that the only way to get what we want is to take it violently. No questions asked. To loot and to steal in the same way you did native land and indigenous bodies. In the same way you did black bodies. History comes back with a vengeance when we don't acknowledge it. Instead of looking at isolated moments, it's imperative that we look at the progression of history because things don't happen in a vacuum. Context matters. The beginning of this story matters. The connections between incidents matter. This is history fighting back. This is karma. So instead of blaming those forced to act out of desperation, maybe blame the history of violent oppression that got us here. After all, experience is the best teacher. And yesterday, you all taught another compelling lesson. There is no question or quote for this week. I'm just tired of the hypocrisy. As you sit home reflecting on yesterday's events and you find yourself justifying their actions, ask yourself why. And then ask yourself why Black Lives Matter didn't deserve that same grace. Yesterday, white privilege showed out. Cops prove that they actually know how to de-escalate as opposed to shoot first, ask questions later. Then again, doing wrong always works out for white people because they have the law on their side, along with everything else. 
with that being said, this is Yasmin signing off. And always remember, keep those thoughts pretty.